And we are back in your lives December 1st. It feels like the holiday season to me. I'm in the holiday spirit, but more importantly, it means 2020 is coming to an end, the year from hell. All four of us back after a week off from Thanksgiving. So it's the holiday season, and if you have a man in your life, go and use our code SELLERDWELLERS, all caps, no space, on manscaped.com. It gets you 20% off and free shipping on any order. Get the lawnmower 3.0. They're new and improved electric trimmer. No nicks, no cuts, no, no nothing. Use our code SELLERDWELLERS, all caps, no space. That gets you 20% off and free shipping on manscaped.com. It's a perfect gift for any man in your life this holiday season. Guys, it was probably a unique Thanksgiving for all of us. How was your Thanksgiving? I just kind of got together with my grandparents and then, because, you know, the whole COVID thing, so you couldn't have the whole family there. Saw my grandparents and then saw my aunt and uncle like a little bit in later in the evening. I saw most of the family, though. Thank goodness. How, how was your thang- Thanksgiving, fellas? You got to spend it with family or were you on lockdown with the uh, whole COVID stuff going on? Just the immediate family. That's it. Yeah, it was weird, man. It was weird. Kyle, Nick, how about you guys? Yeah, my uncle and uh... – Cousins came over, but that was it. We usually have more people. Yeah, that, that was same with me, much yeah, smaller. Just keeping smaller. the circle as closed off as possible. I can't wait for this stuff, then, man. And Nick, you, Thanksgiving, pal. Yeah, it was it was awesome, but uh, it was just like me, my parents, my brother. But we had a we had a good time. We yeah, had a good time. So yeah, it wasn't too bad, but yeah, it's, I'm getting sick of the whole COVID stuff, though, man. I can't wait for all this to be over. I'm get, growing impatient. So hopefully, the uh, vaccine comes back out and. Things go back to normal. But like I said, coming to the end of 2020, so hopefully brighter futures are ahead. Perhaps not in Philadelphia, though. Uh, let, let's, just get, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. First, I want to say this. You can see what I'm wearing, 76ers gear today, because <laughs> I'm fully off the Eagles, man. I can't do this anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm growing very sick of this. We have just It's an embarrassment at this point, and I, I don't know who to blame. There's so many things wrong. We just lost to um, Seattle last night on Monday Night Football, primetime game, very embarrassing. We actually didn't cover the spread. Did you see that because of that late game score? We, it was like six and a half point spread, and then we won by we lost by six or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we did cover. We backdoor covered it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, not a good I was just getting like, fired and put down a fat bet on the birds and was like, <laughs> I'm going for two here. I need it. <laughs> I'm not going to have a job for three more weeks. Yeah, seriously. But let's, where do you guys think the, you can go wrong? Because, I mean, the, you can say Carson, which he didn't look good yesterday. He really didn't. <laughs> you could say the O-line, who's given up so many sacks, like an insane amount of sacks, first in the NFL. You can go dog, this terrible coaching. I put out that thing on Twitter yesterday from SpongeBob from saying he lost his brain privileges because he's really just not making any sense at this point with some of the play calling. Go with the front office, the drafting, all the problems. Like, of course, Metcalf lit us up again. He had more receptions and yards than uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside did like all season just last night. So it's pretty embarrassing all around. The first drive of last night. <laughs> yeah, probably on the right. Was that, I'm not sure if that's true, but yeah, probably yeah, three that's... catches on the first drive last night. Okay, yeah. So he probably – that's just a mistake. Okay, so I just want to say where do we go wrong? Where did where do we like look to blame first? Where's the biggest amount of blame go? Howie, number one. Yeah, Howie. Howie's public enemy number one. I think that's similar. I think too, but like my focus is going to be like on Doug just because that's why I, I see more of Doug than I do Howie. But I think you're right. It's the top down. Like just like every other thing, it got to come from the top down because Howie, Doug, and then you can blame the players and the rest. But yeah, man, dude, it's like you watch this game for three or four hours 
and like it's just a waste of time it's a waste of time every sunday i don't know um like nick you had this interesting discussion or theory in the uh, group chat you're convinced that carson wentz is gone too going to indianapolis yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you just if you look next year, the only quarterback they have under contract is Jacob Eason. Philip okay. Rivers is on a one-year deal. They're not going to have a high draft pick, so the four quarterbacks that are projected to be first rounders, two of which probably won't be NFL ready if you draft them, um, are projected to go in like the top twelve. So unless the Colts trade up and have some crazy package to get one of those kids that may, might not be NFL ready. They're going to need a quarterback, and um, I think Frank Reich wants this guy, and I think he's going to be able to get him cheap because there's no value there. I think we'll probably have a new front office and a new coach, and they'll say, yeah, like, give us your first-round pick. We'll give you Carson. Just take his fucking contract and get him out of my face, and then we'll start over. Like, if we have to play Jalen Hurts this year, we will, but we're going to try to get, like, Justin Fields or something. Right. Um, I know you're big and, like, you think we could get Justin Fields. I'm not so sure of that. But I'm optimistic. Like that'd be, I'd be like to have Justin Fields right now. I think it depends on who gets number two pick. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like if it's a need, the Jags get it, then we probably weren't going to get them. Sure. But like if it's somebody that'd be willing to trade that pick, yeah. I think they'll probably pull a similar move they did with Carson. And I think the Indiana thing is actually kind of good for Carson because it's definitely closer to North Dakota, like kind of close to home in the Midwest area. Quiet. Quiet, yeah. And then you get your boy Frank Reich. And like I think he probably liked playing in Indiana much better than he does in Philadelphia. So who know who knows? But I'm I just not think totally that it right. matches up too perfectly for them. Like it could at least be discussed. Yeah, it's gonna be discussed. If I get I'll say this, like I definitely have been frustrated with Carson. Like he had a couple throws yesterday where he was really airing them out. One in the end zone and then another one on the sideline to uh Alshon, who is ridiculously slow but well that's a whole nother story and they don't even have to focus on Alshon that's the least of our worries but it's just like there's a couple of plays now where it's like come on man like you gotta make these throws and I guess the season's a wash and it doesn't really matter but like it'd be nice to see him at least make the throws and he did kind of yesterday show the athleticism off a little bit ran around scrambled got outside uh or not, he didn't actually get outside the pocket but he got through the line and then scrambled out for uh, like first down a couple of times which was good the thing is like as frustrating as Carson once is I'm not quite ready to give up hope on him yet although this season it's very bad it's like it's like a relationship when you're, you're in a bad rough spot very bad rough spot in the relationship but you know how happy you were and all that and then you're not quite ready to let go Carson Wentz, I'm holding on hope to you, man. I'm going to hold on hope for a little longer, even though it might make me miserable and hope that this gets turned around. But, like, seriously, how about Doug Peterson? Like, he had a couple terrible play calls. Like, first off, the one at the 50-yard line, it was, like, one possession game, and we weren't even crossed the 50 yet. And there was, like, 14 minutes left, and he decided to go for it on fourth down, set up the Seahawks, and I believe they scored because we did not convert on fourth down. Stupid stuff like that. That I'm I'm over Doug Peterson. Like the risky stuff, I guess it just worked out in the uh, like the Super Bowl season. Like we just happened to convert a lot more than we didn't. I'm not sure if that was skill or whatever. I feel like it made sense before. Like when he did it, there wasn't like it was like okay, yeah, this makes sense to do it here. No, right. also just like we were the best team I've ever seen that season. Yeah, we we're so like, good, and like now we're so bad. It's just, I really think Nick was right. He said on draft night how he got lucky with the uh, free agent signings, and that's the only good thing 
That's true. He doesn't have no – he has no good free agent signings uh, since then, really. He really yeah, has none. He got lucky one year. I mean, Slay. We got Slay, right? So that's was – that, that wasn't a – was that free agent? Slay. Free agent, right? He looked like shit. I wasn't sure if that was a trade. <laughs> but regardless, how he got that deal done. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he hasn't really done much. And Slay, by the way, got embarrassed by Metcalf last night. And I yeah. said in the group chat, I, mean, I, love, I love Slay. Like, he's, he's locked down most of the time. But Metcalf, man, he's huge. That's just like, you can't leave him on an island all night. That's the thing that bothers me with Jim Schwartz. Is I feel like every week you could ask anybody, like, what's the one thing the Eagles can't do? And it's like last week. It's like, oh, probably let's not leave DK Metcalf in single coverage the entire game. And then Jim Schwartz is like, that's my game plan. But I think he did it on purpose because he said, like, oh, I mean, you know, DK made the comments after the game and he said – he talked to an Eagles defensive like coordinator or whatever, or someone on the defensive side, and he said, I was in Detroit with Megatron. You're almost there, but you're not there yet. And they're like, was it Jim Schwartz? And he was like, yes, sir, it was Jim Schwartz. I, how, come on, Jim Schwartz, why do you have to like kind of – that was like a kind of subtle passive-aggressive dig that you knew was going to get into his skin. And by the way, DK Metcalf, for the record, uh, highest – most yards in the NFL. Most yards in the NFL. He's barely beating Tyreek Hill. I think he's got him by like 11 yards maybe. But he is beating him. And then He's got better stats than Metcalf. I mean, than um, Calvin Johnson did at this time. In his for career. a second season, right, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And But anyway, like Tyreek Hill's second and then Travis Kelsey's third, which is crazy to think for the Chiefs have two out of the uh, top three. Yeah, their offense is fucking nuts. Yeah, it's insane. But that, let's get back to the Eagles, man. Like, how what do you guys think about Doug Peterson? I know we talked about Eric Bieniemy coming. I think I'm, pro, I think I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. He's the Chiefs offensive coordinator, another Reed protege, just like Doug Peterson was from Kansas City, just like Doug Peterson was. But you know, this guy seems like he has a little bit more like reason to hire him. I guess like a lot of people question the Doug Peterson hiring, if you remember. There are a lot of other names that people wanted ahead of Doug Peterson, but this Eric Bieniemy, everyone, he's he should be on the top of everyone's list. So, how do you guys think? Do you think like is it time to actually kick Doug out the door, or do you think is it like I'm being with Carson, like I'm going to hold on a little bit of hope? No, he's got to go. Got to go. Okay, he's I'm kind of on board with you too, man. Doug, yeah. you think he has yeah. to go, or yeah. Carson? Doug, Doug before okay. Carson. I mean, you get rid of Howie. You have to get rid of Doug. And then the new, so you're giving new Carson another year. They want to keep Carson or not? Okay. I'm, ha- I'm I'm happy to give Carson another year with another offensive with yeah, a new yeah. offensive coordinator. I would be too. Yeah, because I said like his Carson's MVP season. I always said, of course, we know it's not the MVP season. Everyone calls it the MVP season. <laughs> Carson's should have been MVP season was re- like really good. Like it would have put him in like the top tier of quarterbacks. You know, with Mahomes and the likes of like, if he consistently played like that, he would be in that top tier. Of course, MVP, right? And I feel like if he just had another coach to get him to that point, like a nice little offensive mastermind like the enemy or something like that, like that would be useful. And for the record, Doug Peterson has said he'd be willing to give up play calling if he feels like something's like wrong, but he doesn't feel like he's at that point yet. So he's going to keep calling the plays. I'm like, bro, how do you not feel like something's wrong? You haven't scored 30 points in a game all season. Your offense is terrible. Like, you shouldn't be calling the plays anymore, man. We're at, like, 5% on converting on third downs in our past, like, three or four games. It's oh, my so God. Bad. I was like – I saw at the beginning of the game, it was, like, two for 20 on the past yeah. on the past 20. 
or something. It was really, it was bad. It was terrible. And I'm, I'm totally like, just, I'm losing my patience with Doug Peterson more than anybody. And then of course you guys said Howie, but I'm just more angry at Doug Peterson's play calling. I think he's just, he's lost it. He's lost it. I can't, I can't believe that guy's got a statue, man. Can't believe know, it. Yeah, yeah, get his statue out of there. He, he didn't even do anything. He just okayed the Philly special. It was all Nick Foles. It was Nick Foles. Nick Foles. We probably it was his idea. A, a halfback power right up the middle into every single player on the defense and would have gotten it. Yeah, dude, it was – remove Doug from the statue and just keep Nick. Yep. That will make all Philadelphia happy, I'm sure. That might be a little bit of disrespectful to Doug Peterson. We, are, we do thank him for getting the Super Bowl. But right now we're very frustrated, okay? We're frustrated and we're speaking out of emotion, so you'll have to bear with us. What, what else really stood out to you from the – I mean, the defense looked great. That's one upside. Yeah, not, they didn't look that bad. I know that on paper, you know, they gave up, you know, over 20 points and it maybe not look great from the scoreboard, uh, the, the scoreboard but – they really played the played their butts off, man. They looked good. And like if they played here's, like that every week, I'd be happy. The here's Seahawks. the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. <laughs> they gave Carson enough chances to win that game, and he just didn't do it. Not that their their offense is great or anything, but like he had plenty yeah. of chances, and he just missed the throws. No, yeah, that's, or he he just misses the throws, or he just misses people. Like there was at least three. Yeah plays where he had uh, receivers wide open. Right. I was I was very frustrated too, especially with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson last night. Calls the plays on offense. And more Doug Peterson. The players had to execute, but Doug also needs to call the right plays. I'm not sure if you guys caught this. The Seahawks are tracking to be one of the top three worst defenses in NFL history. Yep. They're terrible. And we, and we couldn't score, like, uh, more than 17 points in the worst defense in NFL history. They gave up, like, 400 yards a game and all this, and we got uh, 17 points. And, you know, we got some garbage time points and stuff like that, too. So it wasn't even, like, 17 real points. Like, man, like, something, something's got to – something's wrong with the offense if we can't score on that defense. That defense is historically bad. Historically bad. And it Here's really should just speak to, like, something on the offensive end has to change. And there was a couple plays last night, like Rager was locked down. Like he couldn't create any separation. None of the receivers create separation. The line was really collapsing. And Wentz couldn't, was overthrowing the balls. And it was bad. And listen, I'm going to check something out real quick because I, now these stats aren't all the way accurate because I did this last week. And we were supposed to record last week, but we didn't because of Thanksgiving. But so let me, let me bring these up really quickly. Hold on. It's, it's Wentz stats, but they're not totally accurate. The thing is, the, the the big problem with Wentz, or not the big problem, but like the thing is, like that's that's nuts. Is it like the things that he's really good at, or was really good at? He's now the worst at. Like those in the in the red zone and on third down, he was really he was probably one of the best in the league for the past couple of years, and now he's the worst. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Now I'm gonna real quick. I'm actually gonna get this the accurate numbers on this because it wasn't. Uh, While we're doing that, here's a, here's another fun stat about the Eagles last night. Their first three drives, they had negative five yards against the 32nd ranked defense, and the Broncos gained 26 yards on their first three drives against the Saints defense without a quarterback. Oi. Kyle, man, come on, and kill him. Well, that actually speaks into what I'm saying, because I'm going to give you some Carson Wentz stats and see where he ranks. I'll be honest. If you're going off the numbers, Carson Wentz this season might be one of the top, like, three worst quarterbacks in the NFL by the numbers. Now, he's in terms of attempts, he has the fourth most attempts, which doesn't surprise me because, again, Miles Sanders doesn't run the ball. He ran the ball. He took a touch the ball. 
eight times last night and he had six runs, but the guy's averaging like five over five and a half yards of rush. And Doug Peterson doesn't give him the football. I, I just don't understand it. How do you not give this guy the football when he's averaging five and a half yards of rush and he's one of the best running backs in the league and you let him run the ball six times last night, especially after it's been raining all day and you know, it's not perfect throwing conditions. That's a whole different story and goes to speak about Doug Peterson again. So anyway, Carson Wentz has the fourth most attempts passing in the NFL this year. It goes Brady, Matt Ryan, Mahomes, Wentz. But his completion percentage, let me check, hold on. Going to do this live just, just for this. It's 31st. The only one behind him is Drew Locke. Carson Wentz has a 58.1 completion percentage. Drew Locke has a 55.6. Let me check one more other thing. Interceptions. Who's number one? Carson Wentz, 15. Second place is Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins with 11. So that's two bad stats right away. Completion percentage, he's 31st. Interceptions first. And his QBR, let's see where he ranks in QBR, is 27th at 49.7. You might ask who the quarterbacks are behind him. 28, Nick Mullins. 29, Nick Foles. 30, Drew Locke. And one last thing we'll check. This is a lot of numbers. We're going to go yards. Now, remember, Carson Wentz had the fourth most attempts. Okay, so he should be up here. Carson Wentz, 18. 18th most yards, despite having the fourth most attempts. And the players behind him, actually, they don't. These are the players behind him. Ben Roethlisberger. Daniel Jones, who, you know, whatever. Daniel Jones, big deal. Drew Brees, who has been injured at 21. Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, who was out for a few weeks, Lamar Jackson, who just runs a lot, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was out a couple weeks, Dak Prescott, who's been out a couple weeks, Gardner Minshew, who, he's even a starting quarterback anymore? Not anymore. Not anymore. Hurt. I don't I mean, know. Yeah, he might be hurt. Nick Foles, who didn't even start all season, and then Drew Locke. Okay, and then Nick Mullins again, who didn't start all season. You know who's the starter uh, over Minshew now is uh, the legend Mike Lennon. Oh, that's right. It's Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon. So here's the, that, this is what shocks me is that ugliest dude on the planet. <laughs> he name, looks like a fucking squid. <laughs> the names behind Wentz in total yards, like Nick Mullins doesn't play all season. Nick Foles doesn't play all season. Minshew didn't play all season. Prescott hasn't played all season. Fitzpatrick hasn't played all season. Cam Newton hasn't played all season. Drew Brees hasn't played all season. These are guys that haven't played all season. And he's just hanging out with that crowd like he hasn't played all season either, but he has. So Carson Wentz. You got you to gotta step it up, man. And I know it's not all on you. It's also on Doug and Howie, like we said. But, man, his stats are bad. His stats are bad. Because last year we were, arg- we were arguing that he was like a top 10 quarterback, maybe like higher than that. This year it's tough to even make an argument for him to be like top 25, which is kind of sad. But I digress unless you guys have anything else you want to say. No, I was really wrong about Carson Wentz. That's it. Yeah, we were, we were wrong. We were wrong Hope for now. For now, Kyle. I don't think I don't think we were wrong. What do you go elaborate? That go ahead. I don't know. Like, I mean, like it's just like I don't think it's fun to watch sports like ne- negatively. So, like, all I'm gonna do is that either a hope that that Justin Fields thing I keep saying works out, or b we get like new coaches and Carson just comes out because like I mean after his rookie year when he came out that second year he looked completely different. Like, who knows? Something could change. He could come out and look great again. Like, Yeah, I know. That's what I'm optimistic. We're not going to get somebody else. And, like, it's not any fun, like, for me at least, to just be like, oh, well, he's going to suck. 
always like i'm gonna at least like because i have to wait like fucking 38 weeks until they play again after the season ends so that's just time for me to like convince myself that it'll be good right and i think i'm i'm kind of trying to stay optimistic like you but man it is tough i know it's hard and it's probably not going to work out that way but that's how i have to look at it in order something happened in the off season i mean it's like a dramatic change Uh, yeah since the coaching the belief in the coaching staff is gone man it is gone the past three years, like, if you look at his stats from the past three years to now, they've all gone down. Did you send that today? You sent it to us or something? Uh, let me check the graph. Like, oh, his stats from the past three years compared to now are, like, it's insane. Like, his QBR threw, went from, like, a 93 down to, like, a 72 or something. He barely threw any interceptions coming into this year, and now he's just leading the league in interceptions. Yeah. That's, but that's why I kind of think like it's an like event. Like I, I don't think you can go from being like that can like for three years. Like he, I mean, like he wasn't as good the last two years as he was that MVP season. He's still but, consistent though. Like, yeah, like he was consistent. Like I think like you eventually have to return to the average. You also have to remember, guys, that he was behind one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in football. This year, he's been behind ten different versions of an offensive line so it's that's got to have some sort of factor into it as well yeah that's true i mean brandon brooks is like the best guard and one of the best offensive linemen in the league yeah and lane Lillard's johnson better, better than fucking jason peters jesus christ yeah we yeah, again jason might as well peters. just put a fucking traffic cone next to jason kelsey <laughs> or a fucking mannequin dude that guy <laughs> sucks <laughs> It's bad. It really is bad. But and also, I was wanting to say one more thing about Miles Sanders while I have it up on my phone. I think I may have mentioned this before, and I, I'm just going to repeat it. If I did, the fact that Miles Sanders has not had a game with 20 or more carries again speaks to terrible play calling from Doug Peterson. The dude's a stud. That's so ridiculous. That's such a ridiculous like stat. Yeah. Yeah. Derrick Henry got the ball like near, I think like 30 times last week. Every and, week. Yeah, I think he gets like 25 carries at least. Yeah, and I did, Doug just needs to realize, like, hey, my back he's is He's an average. anomaly, though, Derrick Henry. Like, he's just – he can run forever. No, he is. But Miles yeah, Sanders is like – He's like know, a top three back in terms of yards, yards per carry. Yeah, yards per carry, right. But the numbers don't back him up because he's not like, – he doesn't touch the ball. <laughs> the yards per carry numbers back him up. But when Doug doesn't give him the ball, he doesn't get all the yards of the other guys. <laughs> And it's that's really aggravates me that Miles Sanders doesn't touch the ball because I was the Miles Sanders advocate. But anyway, where do we go from here, guys? I want to well, a couple of things. We'll just talk about the past week in the NFL, and then we'll do buy or sell and look ahead for the next week. We can go a couple avenues here. Will Fuller test positive for PEDs, which was his excuse was kind of funny. You know, he's a Philly native. Nick was advocating in the group chat to get him to Philly, and then he tests positive for PEDs. I want him even more, dude. That shows some fucking heart. <laughs> I know. That was funny. We, we could also talk about the Lions. I know we're kind of – we talk about, like, uh, Kenny Galladay and Matt Stafford a couple times in this podcast. They got rid of the defensive coordinator and Matt Patricia's head coach, which is – I'm kind of hopeful for them. Did you guys see that Matt, Matt Patricia's burner account? I didn't no. see that. Which no, you're okay. It's so funny. They're like, it's there's tweets. It's like, well, uh, the other coaches didn't um, work under the legend Bill Belichick, so you should just trust Coach Patricia. <laughs> and then they said, well, maybe if they didn't draft this guy in the first round and drafted the defensive lineman that would work very well in Coach Patricia's uh, <laughs> Coach Patricia's lineup, they would be better off. Wait, he actually has a burner. Account? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, yeah. This I'm, I looked it up right now. Staunchly pro Matt Patricia account raises suspicions of football fans on social media. Okay. <laughs> His name's Eddie P. Lions fan. That's the account. <laughs> Eddie P. Lions fan. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at the tweets. Coach Patricia did what he could with the roster Quinn gave him. Bob Quinn was the problem. Lions would be better off moving on. Stafford Stanford, excuse me, says Stanford in the tweet is uncoachable. Slay didn't have the work ethic to to succeed under Coach Patricia. It is very all. It's all has to do with Coach Patricia. Yeah, that's a burner account. Yeah, he, the account was made in September. Only tweeted on the third, fourth, and last night. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, Matt Patricia. This is Colangelo all over again, but in Detroit, <laughs> all over again. I love Instead when of enormous you- collars. It's a fat fuck with a pen in his ear. <laughs> Dude, I love, absolutely love when athletes have burner accounts and get caught with them. I think it's the funniest thing. Why doesn't he just like? Here's a good one. He says, "LOL, Coach Patricia accomplished more than you ever will or ever have and ever will. If the Lions organization had listened to him, everything would be different." <laughs> Dude, I think I just think it's really funny because I don't see why. What's what's the point of them like hiding? Why don't they just clap back on like the real accounts? Because they're, they're right. Like, that tweet right there, like, a lot of us probably won't succeed as much as Matt Patricia has. Like, that's a NFL coach. It's tough to get. And, like, why don't you just tweet back on your burner account or on your real account instead of your burner account, man? Come on. I love how he calls yeah, himself but, Coach Patricia. But he's talking like shit on his players. <laughs> he is. You yeah, can't talk is. shit on your players from your main account. You got to do that shit from your burner. That's true. Yeah, he's talking, he's talking crap on his players, Cal. That's just like Brian Colangelo did. I'm pretty sure yeah. you had some like embed ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was kind of, I'm kind of hopeful because I like watching the Lions like with Stafford and Kenny Galladay. I think they're fun, but it had potential to be a fun team. So maybe they turn things around. I don't, we can't really. Well, I mean, they score a ton of points. Their defense sucks and they brought in that a defensive coach. So. Well, Slay didn't have the work ethic under Coach Patricia's regimen. Yeah, that's so, true. And they wouldn't yeah. take the defensive lineman that would have fit perfectly in Coach Patricia's system. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you got to listen to Coach Patricia more often. Maybe the defense would have been better. But Parker, anyway. do you think Coach Patricia has the wand like Greg Popovich? No, he does not have <laughs> no. the wand. He has the opposite of the wand. Yeah, he doesn't have a wand. He has a tree, a tree branch. Shoves <laughs> <laughs> it up your ass and yeah. you turn to shit. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to another. Well, let's talk Will Fuller. Will Fuller, are we like? I thought it was really funny how he was like. I, I want to pull up the exact. Like, I'm heartbroken about Will Fuller, dude. He was he's so good in fantasy, and now now I don't have him for the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Well, of course he was good in fantasy. He was taking PEDs. Also, by the way, one last thing on the Eagles before I move on to Will Fuller. How come they said like Ian Rappaport tweeted? At least I think it was Ian Rappaport. Let me check. I hope it wasn't like a fake Ian Rappaport. No, it's a real one. Okay. They said that Eagles expect Jalen Hurts to see increased playing time on Monday night without Carson Wentz on the field. What do you get, two snaps? Don't go with the back and forth. I need to – if you're going to put in Hurts, put him in for a whole entire series or a whole entire quarter. Don't do the one play. It really does nothing. It just does nothing for the offense. both of them worse and either of them can get in rhythm then. Exactly, Kyle. Yeah, exactly. It ruins everything. It's a, again, poor coaching by Doug Peterson and all that. But let's move on to Will Fuller because I have it up now. I'm going to bring up the uh, the Instagram post. 
Earlier this year, I sought treatment from a medical professional who prescribed me medication that he believed to be permitted under the NFL's drug policy. As it turns out, my trust in this professional was misplaced because this medication was not a permitted substance under the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances. As a result of this mistake, I've been suspended six games for taking this prohibited <coughs> medication. I want to sincerely apologize to the Texans organization and all my fans for this mistake. I'm looking forward to putting this all behind me and returning better than ever in 2021. Pat, I think you said something really funny in the group chat. You're like, uh, hmm, the steroids his doctor uh, gave me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, wow, turns out these steroids are steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrote in that video too, the, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Yeah, it's from um, Super Troopers. <laughs> the guy has to take like all the, uh, the shrooms and stuff because they got arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I was like you said, Nick. He was having a killer season, but you know now it's all because we can kind of put our finger on it because the PEDs. But maybe, maybe you really he, think that like a wide receiver would just like play better because he took steroids? I don't know because I've never taken steroids. Wait, but what do you mean? Yeah. I'd say yeah. I mean, make I you faster and stronger. Better, better focus, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like DeAndre Hopkins just not being there is probably what has mo- the most to do with it. Yeah, that, that has too. something to do with it. But, like, he's also been – I don't know. I mean, it's like – I don't know DeAndre what Hopkins years, is out for like, Maybe that steroids are the reason he hasn't gotten hurt this year. Or that. Or that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably what benefited him the most is he recovered better, like, between games and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I just think like when these athletes get these, uh, they're like, "Oh, I didn't know it was steroids." Like, dude, when you okay. get the medication, just go to the rule book, like a PDF of the rule book, Control F, and look up the name of the medication. I'm sure it'll say banned. And, and that's what I'm saying, like, dude. You can call like that happens a lot in the UFC where fighters are like, "I I didn't know this wasn't on the list or whatever." It's like when you get it, you can just call like USADA or like whoever. Yeah, whoever it's really easy. And like, just say, "Hey, can I take this?" Like, they—they—that's why they're there, so you don't do stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I, think I never buy their—I never buy their excuses. Like, I didn't know that this was. I took the doctor's. Like, dude, your doctor is not like. He's your not doctor's not an idiot. Yeah, he's a doctor. He knows what steroids are. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm saying like he also doesn't have the NFL rule book memorized. He gave this to you because he knew it like fixed your problem or whatever. Like, he doesn't know if it's probably banned or not. I'm not I mean, I, he may have said uh, whatever he said. And, Oh, yeah. He just said a medical professional. So it wasn't even like the team doctor or anything. It was just a random doctor, perhaps. It's not like these random doctors know the NFL rule book. So who knows? I know what, uh, like, I know in the NHL, at least, this dude, Nate Schmidt, got, uh, he got, like, um, suspended, like, 25 games for PEDs. And, like, they tested, like, he tested for, like, such a minuscule amount of, like, the banned substance. And, like, he, he posted, like, and like to everybody what he took like what he does take and it's like it's not banned but like it, they produce it like in like the same place where this banned substance is so like it just like a little bit got in it and like it was such a little amount they're like you couldn't even intentionally take this much <laughs> like it's yeah. not a thing so like yeah. that might have been what happened i feel like will fuller was taking steroids after i just realized he didn't get hurt this year but I feel like sometimes with like fighters and shit, that might be the case. That that is something similar because like John Jones, he like got caught for steroids, and then it, they end up like not punishing him for it because it was like 
the amount was, I think it was a picogram is what it was called or something like that. And it's essentially one grain of salt in an Olympic sized swimming pool is the equivalent of like the ratio of what was in his body to all that kind of stuff. So I'm, perhaps, but I think Will Fuller was juice. Will Fuller definitely was ripping roids. But I love that shit, dude. Bring him to Philly. <laughs> yeah. We need a receiver, man. We really do. And we need somebody on steroids. We need somebody willing to take steroids to succeed. We do. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Rager's that good. I don't know. I'm just, gonna gonna just getting to that. He doesn't I, I, get this. Like he's supposed to be the fast guy, and he doesn't get separation. And I don't know. What, I don't know yeah, why. He's gonna end up being like Tavon Austin, just like special utility oh. guy. It's not that good. He was so. Dude, he looked so good in the offseason. Listen, on our draft show is our third ever show. We really were upset. We did the live reactions and stuff. We were upset, and then I DM'd. I DM'd Jalen Rager, and I said, "Man, I, I'm I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not sure if you caught the show. Of course, he didn't listen to the show, but I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, we want to have you on so we can publicly apologize to you and stuff like that. We're a Philly audience. Yada yada yada. Never got an answer, of course, but. Now I resent I, – I want to take back my initial apology because, of course, he is underperforming. He's been injured since, ever since coming back from injury. He hasn't done much. And by the way, I might add, I don't believe that – I will – actually, I believe he will. I believe he will. But there is a chance that Carson Wentz will go another year without having a 500-yard receiver. Let me check the uh, stats real quick as I type it in on ESPN. Logan was at like 435 yeah, three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, 435. But, but he, he, he disappeared. Yeah, that, thanks, Kyle. He's disappeared. That's what I was about to yeah. say. I gonna, started playing Alshon and then. That also makes no sense. Travis Fulgham is on the milk carton. Missing person. <laughs> You've seen him. Please contact the NovaCare Complex. Here, here it is right now. I'm going to look. Travis Fulgham's got 467. So in all likelihood, he'll get it. He'll be the 500-yarder. He doesn't get 33 yards the rest of the season. <laughs> Just sell the fucking team. Let, let another city have a football team. I'm done with it. But, but next is Dick Rod, Richard Rodgers at 345, Dallas Goddard at 338, Greg Ward at 294, Jalen Rager at 222. These guys, they seriously might not get it. Like some of the most of this team might not get 500 yards. And it's another season. This is just more like cushion for Carson Wentz supporters and – like, I'm going to try and remain optimistic, as frustrated as I am. But like you said, Kyle, Carson wants his golf. I think that was the perfect analogy. But uh, he might have another season with no 500-yard receiver, which is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So where do we go from here? We said Eagles, Lions. We've talked Will Fuller. I want to talk Tampa Bay real quick because they just lost another game to Kansas City, which looked like it was going to be a blowout really early. Tyree Kill. Can we just give some props to Tyree Kill real quick, gentlemen? I mean, good God. that He – he might be. I mean, Stephen A. Smith said it. I'm not sure if I agree. He might be the number one receiver in the NFL. He's he's insane. Like he, the space that he creates, like we were just talking about, Rager makes no space. The space that Tyreek Hill creates is absurd. And wait, how many yards do you have in the first half? Like 200 and whatever and two touchdowns? Like He had like 200 in the first quarter, I thought. Yeah, first quarter. Excuse me, I didn't mean first half. First quarter. I mean, it was crazy. It was, it was one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed in a sporting event. Like, to have that many yards in the f- one quarter, plus the two touchdowns, crazy. So, shout-out Tyreek Hill. But anyway, Tampa Bay, I did put this in the chat, guys. It's the schedule. It's the second link in the chat. Buccaneers have lost the Chiefs and Rams, both by 27 to 24, back-to-back weeks, two of the top teams in the uh, NFC. And then if you go back two more weeks, they lost the Saints 38 to 3. And then, you know, in the, mean, in the middle of that, they beat the Panthers. So they lost to three of the best teams in the NFL. I think I may have said the uh, NFC earlier. Three of the best teams in the NFL. You know, 
and I'm not sure. Like the first, the last two against the Saint or the Chiefs and the Rams, they're close games, which is a good sign. The one against the Saints was really bad, really bad blowout. But are you guys worried about Tampa Bay, or you do you still think like they should be like a, maybe a favorite to come out of the NFC? I'll tell you, I'll just say mine. I'm not giving up on Tampa Bay yet. I'm I'm kind of have a feeling that I'm going to see them in the Super Bowl. I I guess I, even though they've struggled against teams in the NFC like the Rams and the Saints, I have some sort of odd feeling that they're going to sneak their way into the Super Bowl, and I think they'll probably lose to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But right now, my Super Bowl prediction is Chiefs, Bucks. Sneaky feeling because the Bucks, like I said, they kind of haven't been performing well against these great teams. But I got a good feeling about them. They got Antonio Brown, who didn't get the ball much last night, but or this week, but. No, I think they have a crazy receiving core, like we said. Good defense. Tom Brady's experience in the playoffs. It's kind of a different game in the playoffs. I like the chances of picking them, like their odd, the odds for betting in them in the playoffs. I think they can make some money. I think maybe go with the Bucs just to make the Super Bowl. But what do you guys think about Tampa Bay? Is there problems down there with Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay, that whole relationship? Are you guys confident in the ability for them to get to a Super Bowl this year? No, I don't think they're going to this year. I think okay. I, don't, I don't think Brady likes Bruce Arians. I don't so much I mean, either. I don't either. I think he's more of like a Belichick guy, like the system guy. And Aaron is more like loose, I think, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and like he just rips him all the time. <laughs> he just like rips Brady. Like he just throws Brady under the bus if they have a bad game. So I don't think that's good. I don't know. Just the chemistry's off. Yeah, something is off, but I, was just, I have a sneaky – so you ever have like one of those feelings where you don't know why you have, but you just kind of think – like, you just have a good feeling about it, and then it ends up happening. It's kind of the feeling I have with Tampa Bay right now. I just – there's other teams that should be there, like the Rams and the Saints. Saints look really good, even though they just played a quarterbackless, you know, Denver team, which was – that's crazy. That's a whole other thing we can get into with the COVID because that's what I want to talk about next before we transition. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I just have a sneaky feeling. That's all I wanted to say. I have a sneaky feeling about Tampa Bay, and I wanted to get it on the record. Don't fret. Tampa Bay betters. I think you should go and bet Tampa Bay. But that's just me. Nick, Pat, anything to say about that or you want to move on? I think that it's either going to be the Packers or the Rams to come out of the uh, the NFC. Packers because their offense is unreal right now. Like <laughs> the weapons they have are ridiculous. They have two RB1s. They have uh, Devontae Adams and uh, Rob Ton. Uh, who else they have? Well, we, Alan Lazard's a good player. Yeah, they're good. They're stacked on offense. They're stacked. Um, and their defense, I think, is getting a little bit better. And then the Rams' defense is insane, dude. <laughs> they are so good. Yeah, they're scary, man. Yeah, well, they got, you got Donald, and then you got, on the, you know, on the line, and then uh, what's his face? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, yeah. yeah. I was about to say Jalen Rager. But... <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, of course, on the outside, who he locked down DK Metcalf. So he, he's big, dude. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey's big. He's like 6'2, 220. He's a big ass cornerback. Yeah, he is. Um, let me keep going now. Ram, okay, so you guys take the Rams and the Packers, Pat. Nick, your thoughts on anything in the Super Bowl? Uh, the two teams I thought of when you brought up coming out of the NFC were the Rams and the Packers, too. Um, I don't think the Seahawks, their defense is too bad. Like, I think Russ is awesome. But I think if, when they have to play, like, the Rams or something, I think Jared Goff could kind of eat them up. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, Russ would have a hard time against – I mean, they'd play him twice. But 
I think it's a bad matchup for them. Or I mean, even the Packers, I think they could just they might beat them fifty five to thirty five. You know, so that's the thing. Like you have to say, let Russ cook. Like Russ needs to absolutely have a chef game. Like he, he needs to have like forty fantasy points. Yeah, he needs to be chefing for the Seahawks to make a run. And at first, I thought you know he had a good chance at it, but not anymore. That defense is just too bad. And I don't trust the Saints at all. So. All right, so Rams and Packers. I'm sticking. With, I'm going to stick with the Bucks for. I least. think I'll go. I'll go with the Packers. I think the Packers will go. All right, we can re- revisit this in a couple of weeks as we get close to the playoffs. And at this point, by the way, I don't want the Eagles in the playoffs. I just want the high draft pick. I, just, I don't care about the division win or whatever. I want the high draft pick, and I don't want Howie or Doug making the decision on who we pick. I totally agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. So let's let's go to the COVID. Just bring point. someone from the outside in. Like bring in some guy just for the draft. Bring in that dude that runs this website, Walter Football. What's that? <laughs> this dude, he puts up a mock draft, like a seven-round mock draft every week of the season and then every week until the draft. Let's bring in a – He gives, like, he gives like, can... analysis and player comps of, like, a lot of guys. And if you go back and look, like, he's not a bad – like, he's not a bad scout. <laughs> he's not I think we should scout. bring in uh, Matt Patricia because, you know, the, we, everyone's much better off with Matt Patricia just makes the calls. So maybe have Matt Coach Patricia. Patricia. That's yeah, Coach Patricia. Coach Patricia. Show some respect. Yeah, have Coach Patricia make the draft calls for us this year. Everything's much better with him. But I want to touch on the COVID things. I feel like Matt Patricia tells his wife to, like, call him Coach. <laughs> Matt, he's like, it's Coach Patricia. How's your day, Matt? Coach Patricia. How's your day, Matt? Let's practice. Coach. How was your day, Coach? <laughs> anyway, let's go on to the COVID stuff because I wanted to touch real quick. Things have kind of taken a weird turn. I know San Francisco is now playing in Arizona for a couple weeks, and the Steelers-Ravens game's gotten postponed like three times. And the Steelers are now playing a gauntlet in like three games in 12 days. So a game every four days. Now they should beat the Ravens because I think the Ravens only have like 33 or 30-some active players on the roster for the game tomorrow afternoon. But <laughs> – it's kind of crazy that I know the NFL like planned. They knew they said they're not going to cancel any games. There's you know there's going to be some delays and stuff like that. There's going to be positive tests, but we're going to just trust the testing and keep marching forward. And that's what they're doing. But now it's resulted in the Steelers. Steelers really gotten screwed over by this. They lost their bye week right with the Tennessee thing, I believe. And then now they're playing like three games in four days, and they somehow are still undefeated. So shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I guess, even though. I still don't think you're the best team in the NFL. I think it's Kansas City. But, like, are we worried about the COVID stuff and, like, the playoffs and stuff? Like, what, what happens if a team gets COVID in the playoffs? You can't just keep pushing the games back. Like, you're just going to put the team, the healthy, most healthy version of your team out there, even if it's, like, with the Broncos, they didn't even have a quarterback. If your quarterback room gets COVID in the playoffs, you're just going to have to put some wide receiver out there to play QB. Are we worried about this? I think they, what they should do is maybe, like, delay the playoffs a little bit, give it, like, Two, two or three weeks, than, like more than they normally would. And then a strict lockdown. But, yeah, strict lockdown for the players so that they can't, they literally can't get it, right? Yeah. Or if they have gotten it, it'll already be out of their system. And then, I don't know, because you can't have the bubble, right? There's no bubble. I don't think you can have a bubble. Unless you did the playoffs in like a neutral site, because there's not as many teams in the playoffs you have to worry about. It's just such like the, the big teams, like a fifty-two man roster plus all the coaches yeah, and all the like equipment people, and you have to practice every. Like you need enough fields for all the teams to practice every day, yeah. and then get treatment and then work out. 
Yeah, never mind. Yeah, you couldn't do a bubble with the NFL. Like, they're really just kind of a trust the testing, and you just have to hope that you get a good set of cards, like a good hand of cards, like that with health and stuff like that. I'm a little worried about it in the playoffs. I would hate to see, like, a great matchup, like, say, I don't know, what's it like, I don't know, Steelers, Chiefs or something, and somehow, like, Pat Mahomes comes down with COVID and he can't play. I just, that would just suck. It would really just be terrible. Yeah, that would be garbage. Yeah, so that, that's, that's all I'm concerned about, and I want to just get your takes on it. It seems like we can't, you know, we can't come up with a solution right now, but I think we're just going to trust the cards, fellas. Oh, I actually work for the CDC, and I'll give you a solution. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's go to the NBA. I wore my Sixers gear today, as you see, like I showed you earlier, because I'm, just, I'm done with the Eagles. I'm focusing on Sixers. They had training camp open today. I mean, my question is simply, what do you expect from the Sixers team? Kendrick Perkins had a tweet out earlier today, and he didn't even have the Sixers in the top eight teams in the East. And he, had the, he had the Knicks on yeah, there. He had the Knicks in there for some reason, so take that with a grain of salt. But still, like, where do you expect this Sixers team, Doc Rivers coming in, Seth Curry, you know, Danny Green, a couple of the new guys. Where do we expect this team to finish? We have you know, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee seem to, be the cream, seem to be the cream of the crop. And then Miami's coming off an NBA Finals appearance. Toronto got, you know, they're, I mean, they lost Ibaka, but they're still very formidable. Celtics, they're, they don't have Kemba Walker till January. But, you know, the Sixers obviously have these new pieces. Where do we expect them to fall, fellas? Where do we think? I'm thinking, like, not like maybe like five, like just like last year, like somewhere in the middle of the pack. Probably like five or six. I don't, I don't think they move up much because now the Brooklyn Nets are, I mean, Katie and Kyrie are back, so – I don't know. I think like three, four. Okay, like I'm. I want to say three, four, but I just don't want to get my hopes up because I could see. I could see the Bucks, Nets. Depending on the health of Kyrie and KD, like it's going to go Nets and Bucks, whatever order you want. And then I think from like three to six again, like you have like it could be anybody. You could have Miami. You could have Toronto. You could have Boston. You could have us if somehow like Doc figures this out. And I think Indiana's still good. Hill. Indiana, Indiana, right, with Victor Oladipo and uh, stuff, them over there. Although they, they fired their head coach, right, so they'll have a new head yeah. coach. So that might change things up as well. I don't. I just think it's tough to predict. It's very tough to predict with this NBA season how well the Sixers are going to do. And it's a little bit different. Like, we have a different team coming in, so I, that's why it's very hard for me to predict. Because if it was the same team last year, I'd say, hey, we're at the bottom of the East. We're at the bottom of the East. But we have a new coach, new pieces, and I – being safe saying five because it's right in the middle. So, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe anywhere between, like, I don't know. Maybe I'll switch to four. I, that way I can be a little bit optimistic, but not quite as optimistic as Kyle's, as Kyle's three. But more important than that. If they, can, if they can build that team, though, that they had a couple years ago with the shooters, right. I think it will be the three seed. Which would be good. And, you listen, I'm going to give Daryl Morey some credit. And he's already gotten a lot of credit. We love we love our Daryl Morey on this podcast. I saw a funny meme. It was like some kid like laying in a bed, and this the savior like guarding the bed, and all these like things trying to rain down on the kid. And the person was just protecting it, and the person was Daryl Morey. It was a funny funny meme. <laughs> you guys saw that. Yeah, but um, it was like Eagles, Doug Peterson, Phillies, uh, not signing JT, and just Daryl Morey protecting Philadelphia fans. It was a great meme. Um, but I'm kind of excited to see like. Or I sh- I'm gonna give him credit, I should say, because he didn't he didn't like play all he didn't go all out in free agency or and trading, but he made really smart deals, I think, for the team. 
Like he didn't push the Harden thing. That was really like something that I really thought we had a good chance of it. And we still might have a good chance of it. But he didn't like over overbuy or over trade or anything like that. So I'm very happy Daryl Moore with what he did this offseason. And then hopefully after we get our feet under us, we can kind of turn things around and then maybe make, make something happen with this team at maybe like the trade deadline or who knows. But I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a cautious four right now, Kyle cautious for but more importantly i want to say where do we fall in the playoffs like are we going to get past the second round i don't think we've gotten past the second round since 2001 which is kind of crazy it could be 20 years since we even got past the second round i think we do because i think we're going to make moves during the season so i think more will go out get us some more shooters and then okay. i think i'm just i'm so high on ben simmons this year now that he's going to be able to pass the ball to three-point then- shooters yeah, and they said he's, they're going to do a lot. I think Doc came out and said today in the press conference, because training camp started today, that he's going to do a lot more pick and roll with Ben and Joel. Wait, I, I hope it's a pick and roll and not like a pick and Joel fade to the three-point line. You know I what else I, he said? What he said? He said that Furkan Korkmaz is going to be a big part of the offense this year. Oh, I know, Pat. Did you like the biggest stand on Furkan Korkmaz that I know? Dude, if he can just become a 40%, I mean, he is a 40% three-point shooter. He was really hot at one point last year. Yeah, like if he can just stay consistently 40%, like why not? Why not have him out on the floor? Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I, while we're talking about the moves, I want to talk about some moves that I want them to make. There's, I don't think Kyle Korver signed to anyone yet. Just get like Kyle Korver, I just want him. He, he's a nice vet. He'd be come off as like the eight, eight, nine man, just pop a couple threes up, get us, you know, cheeky nine, 12 points a game. Who knows? I'd love to have him. And especially, I heard rumor on the street is Lemon Pepper Lou is on the trading block. I don't know why, but he is. That's a great name. But if we could get Lou Williams, Lemon Pepper Lou Williams on the Sixers, and I think I still have my Lou Williams T-shirt back in my closet. I won't grab it. I won't grab it because it'll take too much time away from the podcast. But I would love to have – those are two names I want. Lou Williams, Kyle Corver. Because Doc is already happy with this team defensively. He says, like, we should really focus on defense. That's another thing he came out and said today. Is- I hate I hate that. I hate that. Okay, go on. Explain, man. Go on. I hate that, dude. Like, that's what we said last year. Like, oh, we're going to be the defensive team. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it just got- doesn't. It just doesn't work. You got to have a good offense. You got to put up points. You're right. I, I don't want you to fo- – like, don't focus on the defense. If you happen to be a good defensive team, like, just randomly, then good. But, like – don't don't make that the main focus of the team, please. I would love to have it be something like defense leads to offense, like just quick transition points. With sure, sure. That's what I want. But like, of course, we need to have we need to be able to create shots in the half court, which is what you're talking about. We could not create any half court opportunities no. last year. So that's what I know. You want the Sixers to work on that. And it seems like you know today's NBA. There's not really too much of a half court offense. Although I feel the Sixers get stuck in the half court offense a lot more than other teams do. But I think it might just be more noticeable because they're so bad at it. Yeah, but if you got a guy like Lou Williams on there coming off the bench, oh, yeah. that, that's just great. Like having Lou Williams some create create a spark for your offense off the bench, he can create his own shot. That's exactly the type of guy we need. And then he's like Dennis Schroeder, but not well. Yeah, he's like Dennis Schroeder. That's perfect. Like mm-hmm. the fact that we didn't get Dennis Schroeder, it leaves us open to get Lou Williams. So I'll take uh, two vets: Corver, Lou Williams. Bring them back to Philly. If you remember that team, Megadala, Lou Williams, Kyle Corver. At least I think Corver was still on that team. I would, I would love. 
absolutely love having that. Gotta get rid of Mike Scott. No offense to him, but like yeah, he's, just, he's just trash. Yeah. yeah he'll, he'll be, I think he'll be uh, part of one of the packages. Like Daryl yeah. will be like, look, like we'll give you what you want, but like you have to fucking take Mike Scott. Like he's a great guy, but like it just yeah. it sucks. He's, he's the man. He's yeah. the man. Yeah, he's a great guy, but he probably doesn't, doesn't belong. And his time in Philly is probably up in terms of production. You know, he's always a fan favorite. I guess I don't even know who we thing is, I think they're going to try and keep like Shake Milton and like the Lou Williams, Dennis Schroeder role, like come off the bench and be like a little spark plug. But we'll see if he's up for it. We'll see if he's up for it because he's had his highs and he's had his lows. I'm not, I'm not off the Shake Milton bandwagon, but I think I'd rather have Lou Williams at this point. Do you think that, that Seth Curry could fill a J.J. Redick role? Oh, yeah. Or do you think that yes. J.J. Redick is, is a better shooter than him? No, I think Seth Curry numbers wise, better. forty really career forty five percent. But like to do it with uh, JJ did, like JJ would just run around the whole time and get. Uh, I think whatever, Seth he just Curry, get the. I think Seth Curry is a better fit for winning. I'll say that. I think if you want, like, I think Seth Curry's. I'm not sure how he is on defense. To be honest, I I mean, but I think he's can't be much worse than JJ Redick. Like he, yeah, JJ Redick was just, be worse. He was absent on defense. So if you can get his production from three forty-five percent, Seth Curry, that is, plus a little bit more defense than JJ Redick, where at least you're you know you're you're usable, then I'm happy with it. I'll be happy and say that. Well, I'm going to be happy either way because he's going to put up his numbers. But I'm, I'd be confident in saying that he's better than JJ Redick at this point. Okay, what else? We can say Bogdan. He finally he he unsimped and he went to Atlanta. I'm surprised he went to Atlanta over Milwaukee, but regardless, Atlanta's putting up quite a nice team down there in Atlanta. They Chick Fil A headquarters is in Atlanta. That's why. What is Chick Fil A headquarters? Oh, that's yeah, right. I knew that because I worked. I you also worked at Chick Fil A, Nick. That was yeah, bro, colleagues. Yeah, and then uh, okay, I think that's all I want to talk about with the NBA. I didn't want to talk the West yet because you know we Did you put that on your LinkedIn. No, I didn't put it on my No, I could actually. A lot of companies would probably like seeing Chick Fil A. It probably would. Yeah, very. My company. My pleasure. My pleasure. I said said that far too many times. I love you. (laughs) Can I have eight piece? Can I have an eight piece nugget? Yes, I love you. No, no. I get eight piece nugget, fries, and a lemonade. Like, yeah, is that all? They'd be like, yeah, that's it. Thanks. I'd be like, no problem. I love you so much. Uh, That'll be seven forty nine. Yeah. Okay, so we can blow him a kiss. (laughs) What was that? Uh, You want sauce with that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, right. we can go two two more. (laughs) Go two more things to wrap up the show here, fellas, and we can go the uh, JT not coming back to the Phillies. It seems like I think that will probably rally. Nick and Kyle up a little bit, and then we can talk the Mike Tyson fight night, and of course Nate Robinson getting absolutely knocked out by Jake Paul. So let's just start with the Phillies, and then we'll wrap up on a little bit of a more, I guess, fun note um, with the Mike Tyson fight and stuff like that. So it seems like apparently the team's lost two billion dollars. Not time. true. I was gonna say I don't. I that was the headline. One hundred seventy-five million. The headline was two billion, though, right? I'm yeah. not okay. The the entire. MLB's entire revenue for a season is eleven billion. So yeah, the Phillies, yeah, the Phillies entire net worth is two billion. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm with you here. So, and two billion was just a false headline. They lost 175 million. You say? Yeah, that's what that's what like people uh, like John Clark and a few other guys reported were the actual number that they okay. lost. But 
Oh, regardless, the number apparently means that JT Romuto is not coming back. Kyle's hanging his head in misery. Nick's hiding down there in the dark. And what are, this dog. Yeah, right. He's, uh, yeah, you're like a silhouette. But uh, anyway, how, how do we feel about this? I guess John Middleton. How do we feel about old Middleton? He needs to sell the team. Um, he needs to get away from Philadelphia. I don't know. He's, it's not good. Because now we're not going to have JT. Sixto Sanchez, who we traded to get JT, is on the mark now. He's going to, like, shove it up our ass for the next 10 years. Um, Bryce Harper is going to be mad that we didn't keep JT. So he's going to be pissed off, for like, three years into a 13-year contract. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the excuse of losing money, every single team in sports lost money this year. So there's there's no excuse to not re-sign him. He's just a cheap fuck. <laughs> that's putting yeah, I think that's putting it very mildly, Kyle. You stayed very calm throughout that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I was saying like I don't remember a time in my life. It, I mean, it may have happened, but I can't remember a time when all four of the major teams were good at the same time. And I mean, it's probably rare that that happens in most cities where all four are good at the same time. Most cities don't have four teams. Yeah, we're, most cities don't have four teams. But it's just, I don't remember a time when the Eagles were good, the Phillies were good, the Flyers were good, and um, Sixers were good. Four teams. I guess the, the best team right now is the Flyers. That's probably the best team in the city. And then I get it's crazy to think that the Sixers are probably the second best team in the no, city. Yeah, but it's definitely the Sixers. Yeah. Like they're definitely the second best team. And, yeah. then, and then it's probably like the – Eagles and Phillies, I guess. Remember we made – I think we made – I mean, the Phillies the- were probably better than the Eagles right now. They're yeah. at least around 500. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That is true. I like to say this, though. And then the Philadelphia Soul, and then the Philadelphia Union. What else we got? The Union are the number one. Union's probably like number one. What's our lacrosse team? Aren't they pretty good? The Wings? The Wings, yeah. The Union were the number one seed, though. And then what was the other – the Soul always seemed to be like in the – the Yeah, they always won. Philadelphia Liberty. Is that a team? I feel like it is. I feel like it is. It, there's some Frisbee team, too. Yeah, we have a team. sick Frisbee team. We have sick Frisbee jerseys, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I remember we – That's facts, we, dog. When we start – yeah, speaking of jerseys, those Miami Vice jerseys, ugh, the new yeah, one. Yeah, why did they ruin them? Ugh. Tricks are for kids. Pat said, yeah, Pat said in the group chat, they look like a Trix yogurt. They look so good, like, the past couple of years. This year they butchered them, I think. But, yeah. anyway. Went too Vice with it. I digress. What I was, what was this? Oh yeah, we made this when we first started the show. It was one of our first episodes. We said like, what Philadelphia team will get a championship first? You two hockey guys, Pat and Nick. You said the Flyers, and it seems like you're probably right. Nick or Kyle, I think me and you either went Sixers. I think I said Eagles. I think you may have said Eagles. I think I went Sixers. You said Eagles. You both said Eagles. We both. I both said Eagles. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, damn. I'll have to check the tape on that. I'll have to check the tape. I'm going to get the audio from that and I'm going to send it to a cold takes exposed. Yeah, you will have to send the cold take. But with, hey, come on, we had, we had hope. If we both, we had hope for the Eagles, at least everything looked like it was on the right track. But Hey, man, hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Everybody clowns you for that shit. Yeah. And so, you know, speaking of eating clown, that's a great transition, Nick. Nate Robinson <laughs> on, on uh, social media this week. I mean, I know Parker and I met up and we watched the fights. It was like a $50 pay-per-view. Did Nick and, uh, Nick and Kyle, you, would you watch the fights? You just see the Twitter stuff. Yeah, I watched it. I streamed it. Okay. It I was, watched it. 
I mean, it was pretty entertaining. I'm going to say. You I'm could glad. see it. Like, you saw that coming. Like, you knew he was going to knock, get knocked out. It's like the first time he just started running at Jake Paul. Yeah, when he ran, he it was. Going into the fight, I, did, I was like, all right, like, Nate's an athlete. I ha- Like, going into the fight, I wanted Nate to win because I think Jake Paul is like, just like a. He's an odd yeah, he's guy. A, like, he's a dick. He's yeah, a, he's a douche, yeah. right? <laughs> so I wanted Nate Robinson when I was like, he's an athlete. I had a sneaky feeling. I was like, Jake Paul is much bigger than him. He's just, just some, like substantial. He did have the reach. Um, he had everything. Size, strength, reach. Like He's substantially. The only thing he didn't have. Trained at boxing before. He's trained at boxing before. And it's not that Jake Paul is a phenomenal boxer, you know, compared to like actual boxers. But compared yeah. to the average Joe, he's a pretty good boxer. It's from the looks of it. But uh, once he, Nate Robinson just came in with his head down, I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah, the- I don't even think you need to know how to box, like to just to know not to go in head first with your arms down like this. I thought it was like an MMA, like wrestling, WWE type of thing. Like he went in and tried to tackle him every time. But that, after the first knockdown, I was like, I could just see like how shaken up he was, you know, watching like enough combat sports. You can see that kind of look in a guy's eye when he gets knocked down, like, it was just a, kind of a cheeky little knockdown, or it was like a real knockdown. And after that first one, which a lot of pe- some people said was in like the back of the head, whatever. I think it was to the back of the head, but regardless, he would have gotten knocked out because yeah. of what he was doing. What he got knocked out, I could just see from the look in his eye, he was like, "Okay, I can't go out in the first round, like knockout." But like I could see in the look in his eye, it wasn't lasting long. And it was just, uh, and then the, the KO was crazy. Like just Jake Paul was throwing some fucking bombs, dude. It looked like there were cinder blocks in his gloves. Yeah, I know, but like just seeing Nate Robinson like just mm-hmm. hit the canvas face first, like it was, it was honestly like it was a scary knockout. It wasn't yeah. like technically like a, it wasn't like a crate like that one in the UFC the other week with the reverse kick from Buckley. Like that was a crazy highlight knockout. It's not like it was crazy highlight knockout. It was a knockout, but it was a like scary like hard hitting face first. Something might be wrong with this guy knockout. Like he couldn't. They tried to bring him the stool afterwards. He was all out of, out of sorts. I was worried for Nate Robinson, but apparently he got back in the group chat and like you know took took the heat in the group chat when he was getting flamed. But Snoop Dogg was a great commentator, by the way. Great commentator for that event. I thought he thought it was funny. But yeah, when he said when <laughs> when. Uh... Mike Tyson was fighting, and he said it looks like two miles were fighting at the barbecue. Yeah. But then Mike Tyson, by the way, that fight apparently like that like shattered some pay per view numbers. He apparently made like seven and a half million dollars uh, from the pay per view and stuff like that. And I, apparently, like the pre sales, Mike Tyson tweeted like the pre sale pay per view broke records. And I, you know, I'm not surprised like that. I was excited to see Mike Tyson fight. Mm-hmm. But I did predict Parker. Parker came out for this. But like halfway through that fight, I said, "This this is going to end in a tie." They're they're calling this a draw. Didn't I call this Parker? He's Apparently, shaking. it was in the rules though that it would end in a draw. I don't know. I I kept um, seeing different things, but I did see one somewhere that in the rules, like there was going to be no winner. Okay. All right. Well, I did like halfway through. I was like, "This is ending in a draw." So. I know Parker shook his head, but everyone listening on audio, he vouches for me. Yeah, he was definitely winning. He definitely won the fight. I thought. Yeah, I sent the, the uh, shit I sent out of him. Yeah, I sent it. He won. I'm gonna bring it up, Pat, because I, I had the uh, screenshot and the text between, um, the text between us. He definitely, definitely won the fight. And he didn't it. go for the head at all. Like he just tried yeah, to hit his body. Pretty much. Like a mutual. We're both old. We don't want to 
kill each other. Respect. Yeah, that. but did you see that Holyfield wants to fight next? Yeah, I would love wants to, to see fight that. Tyson next. Like Holyfield, dude. Get Holyfield is in just as good a shape as Tyson is right now. Yeah, I would love to see that. I, I would pay. That. I would pay a hundred dollars, like just myself, to watch that fight. It's just like a, like Pat and I after we watch it, we were like, "Would we pay that again?" We're like, "Yeah, I guess." Like, yeah, why not? Gonna like, be more next time. Be able to say you got to watch Mike Tyson fight live, right? Yeah. yeah, but here's the stats: Mike Tyson outlanded Roy Jones Jr. sixty-seven to thirty-seven over their eight-round exhibition, and had the fifty-seven twenty-eight advantage in power punches. So, I mean, Mike Tyson, in terms of boxing, he clearly won, and you could tell from the end, like they both, for some reason, they both had belts, and like the pictures after the fight, and I was like. Oh, they made two belts. Like, obviously, there's obviously they knew this was going to be a draw. I was obviously right. But in terms of actual boxing, like Mike Tyson won, clearly won. So. He didn't even look tired at the end. No, yeah, Roy Jones, Jones because like you said, you're going for the body. They're going for the body, and uh, Mike Tyson was drilling his body like really hard, <laughs> absolutely hammering it. I was like, okay, let's chill, Mike. You're gonna kill the guy because he was huffing and puffing, but his lungs were gonna collapse and shit. He was gonna have like internal damage. Yeah, seriously. But that was from fight. I buy it again. Buy it again. And while we're here, quick shout out. I want to give my quick shout out to uh, I used to train at Algeo MMA in King of Prussia. Bill Algeo got his second fight in the UFC. First win in the UFC for Bill Algeo. If you're in the UFC, check him out. Fun fighter. Great guy. Good guy to support. Congrats, Coach Bill. Hopefully, I can get back over training soon. But, guys, I think it's a perfect time to wrap up the show. Fellas, glad you had a good Thanksgiving. Tough week for uh, Philly Eagles fans. Fun week ahead for the Sixers and, uh, you know, training camp and preseason begins. Hopefully we have a full crew next week. You know, we're kind of busy with our schedules. But until then, guys, I will talk to you soon. Peace out.